Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome to the Talentworks podcast. I'm Shukri. I'm Katrina. And I'm Helen. BBC Studios is the production part of the BBC Group, so we're not public service. What we do at BBC Studios is we invest in and we produce amazing shows, both for the UK and globally. We make some shows for the BBC, but we also make them for the market, like Netflix, Channel 4, Spotify, Audible. These include Blue Planet, Pressed, Killing Eve, Strictly Come Dancing, I May Destroy You, Doctor Who, Top Gear... BBC Studios Talentworks are a small but mighty development team within BBC Studios. We work cross-genre and cross-platform. We specifically work with emerging talent, so we look to places like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, people who are writing blogs, maybe people who've got podcasts already, who are storytellers and looking to partner with BBC Studios to tell bigger, bolder stories. In short, we play Cupid for talent and industry. And this podcast is about giving the floor to some of those talented creators. True to form, our guests are going to lead the way. They are going to be telling us about three pieces of work that have defined their careers so far. So who have we got today? Helen here. It's October 2022 and today I'm joined by B Ducks. And I wanted to get that across from the very, very beginning that if sex worker and sex work involved things isn't something that the BBC particularly wants to get involved in then this wasn't going to be for me so I wanted to be very clear from the very beginning that I would be writing about sex work and I wanted to do it right. B is a queer sex worker, digital creator and visual storyteller from Lancashire. B's goal is to flip the script and smash some of the stigmas attached to sex workers. It was actually the lack of representation of sex workers in the media that inspired Bee to pick up a pen and start writing herself. And it's one of the many reasons why she was selected to join BBC Studios Talentworks as one of our meta-funded creators-in-residence earlier this year. So the Creator-in-Residence programme is a six-month residency at BBC Studios where creators receive training and advice from industry professionals whilst they develop a new show idea. So what are we going to talk to Bee about today? Well, first, we're going to find out what type of content really pops on Bee's Instagram. Second, we're going to discuss the importance of authenticity in content. And then finally, we're going to hear about Bee's exciting journey to becoming a writer. So welcome to Talentless Podcast, Bee. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, always a pleasure. Can you just summarise your creative career in a very short amount of time? Can I summarise my creative career in a short amount of time? Absolutely not. Uh, What I can tell you is that I've had a plethora of jobs and loved them all, but not nearly as much as I've loved writing with the BBC. It's been fantastic. Brilliant. Well, I'm glad you're here then. We're uh, (laughs) going to talk a little bit more about it. So on the podcast, we ask each guest to choose three of their most defining moments in their career to date. So tell us about what your first one is. Yep, this is actually my first ever vlog on YouTube. It's when I went modelling in Iceland and it was incredible. 
we just arrived at Blue Lagoon. Um, I'm gonna be shooting in it today and I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, but it's super, super cold outside. So I just got naked in it. It wasn't as cold as I was expecting and I wish I could have carried on, but a tour guide came. So we got in trouble and now we have to leave. <laughs> Well, it's the morning here, it's super early and we've got to make our way to the airport because now we're heading back to England. Yes, yeah, so my first vlog that happened in Iceland. That was wonderful. I was actually out there um, shooting, so I was modelling for a few different photographers and we travelled all around Iceland and... We actually went to go and see, I think it's either the biggest waterfall or it's one of the biggest. And I ended up getting to a stage where we were just beneath the bottom of the largest one we could find and there was no one else around. So I decided it would be a great idea to strip off and climb over the barrier and get some stunning images, which we did. But then just as we were about to finish, a tour guide came around the corner and in another language that I couldn't tell, but he was definitely angry, told me that I needed to get away from the bottom of a waterfall because I might die. But the images, totally worth it. Totally worth it. So you carried on creating content for your YouTube channel and then you started creating content for Instagram. Mm -hmm. So you now have 200,000 followers on Instagram. What is the kind of content that you think pops on your Instagram? Honestly, boobs. Anything with cleavage, the followers love it. Men, women, everybody, absolutely love it. Anytime I'm posting anything to do with lingerie on there, the guys love it and the women love the recommendations. So that's my favourite. But second to that, quite wholesomely, it's always family stuff and things that, like I um, passed my driving test not too long ago and I shared a photo of me with my new car and that blew up and people loved it. So it's always stuff that's um, quite provocative or very wholesome. I think that, that kind of... Um, how do you find out. balancing those on your Instagram channel? I have no idea. How do I balance it in life? I just flip from one thing to the other and it works out eventually. Because your Instagram has a really beautiful style to it. I mean, maybe it's like also your gorgeous hair plays a big part of it. But how do you find piecing it together creatively? Like what gets on the grid? Oh my goodness. Things that I either haven't thought anything about at all or something I've spent weeks thinking I need to choose when to post this. This needs to be adjusted in Lightroom so that it fits the aesthetic nicely. Or I've gone, do you know what? I've not posted on Instagram in a week and I just need to post anything at all. And then I go into my little backlog of easy photos to post, like lingerie things or selfies on my hair's looking particularly bright red that day. And that goes up on the grid. Nice. So you have a large following on a number of platforms. Are you very conscious about what works on each one? Yes, definitely. Twitter is definitely just a... Um, oh, am I allowed to swear? Oh, okay. Twitter is definitely just for shitposting. Instagram is more like... I have much more of a community feel on Instagram, so that's good. And YouTube I really need to pick back up again. I'd. It wasn't until looking back at these vlogs I remembered how much I really enjoyed making them. So it's definitely something that I really need to step back into. And that's much more of a long form video type of um, platform. But yeah. And do you edit everything yourself? Yes, I do. Absolutely everything from the conceptualising of it all to the shooting, the editing. Everything's done by me. So we're going to move on to the next clip that you've selected, which is the most significant moment in your career. Can you tell me what it is? Yeah, so I think that 
the most significant by far was actually the audition tape for BBC Studios Talent Works because I think that actually sitting down to plan out what I was going to say and the recording of that video felt like something was flitting into place a little bit. It did feel like, without getting too hippie, I was opening myself up to the universe and saying, if it's meant to be, it'll come back to me. I've just got to throw this out there and if it sticks, this is going to be, this is going to be life-changing. And it was. So there we go. Hi, I'm Dee. I'm a queer sex worker and I'm originally from Lancashire, but I now live in the glorious Kent. The killer idea that I want to pitch to you is a comedy drama. It's loosely based on my experiences entering the adult nightlife industry in London. The people within that industry and within that scene are wonderful and I'd love to be able to tell the story of the people that I know as well as my own story in a way that doesn't paint sex workers as the victim or the punchline or the villain. I'm drawing my inspiration from shows like Fleabag, obviously, Secret Diary of a Cool Girl, This Way Up with Ashling B, amazing, loved it, and the recent adult material I adored. If you've ever sat down and watched a show that tackles subject matter that you really care about, you'll know how it feels when they get something wrong. So what made you apply for the programme? An overwhelming feeling of why not. That is as simple as I can put it. I, When the email came through about the opportunity, something in the back of my head kind of sparked a little bit and there was a little bit of a tingle in my tummy bean and I thought, oh, oh, something's, I should go towards this thing. Something's going to happen here. And then I did. So what were you be, What were you working on before being a creator in residence? I was strictly pretty much doing online sex work. Um, I create a lot of content online for the website Fansly, a more mainstream one people know of as OnlyFans. But they were a little bit cheeky with sex workers in the past couple of years. So I've shifted slightly to a new site. But anyone that follows me on those platforms knows that I tend to get overly creative with stuff. I don't just do... Not that there's anything wrong with it. I don't just do foot photos or the odd nude. Everything's a bit of a production, so I do like to make things hard for myself, basically. But the fans tend to like it, which is nice. There isn't just a photo set happening, there's a whole story behind it, and I've written a whole three-paragraph introduction to the set, and they all tend to really like it, which I enjoy as well. So what made you take that and think, I'm going to write scripts? I have to say that shows like Shows like Fleabag, hearing about Phoebe Waller-Bridge's um, journey from doing improv and then going to do like the Edinburgh Fringe and putting on a show, I kind of thought, oh, I really enjoy drama at school and I would love to create something that somebody really relates to and then wants to also create stuff from. I know that I I really wanted to represent sex workers and sex work in a way that's not how it's usually represented in the media um, and I wanted to get that across from the very very beginning that if sex worker and sex work involved things isn't something that the BBC particularly wants to get involved in then this wasn't going to be for me so I wanted to be very clear from the very beginning that I would be writing about sex work and I wanted to do it right and thankfully you guys seem to enjoy that which was nice yeah I mean why do you think that authenticity is so important I think it's really important to present yourself in a very honest way because that's how stories tend to get misaligned and people like me 
who are sex workers or have mental issues, mental issues, mental health issues, get misrepresented online and in the media. And I think it's so important that if you have experience, that you should draw from that when you're creating anything. And if you don't, bring somebody in that does have it. So you are bringing that level of authenticity and honesty into everything that you're doing. If you think about sex workers in TV that you've already seen, you usually think about things like criminal minds or crime programs and they're already dead or they need to be saved. There are so many movies where this poor woman just ended up in sex work and she's got this pimp who won't let her leave when in actuality that's rarely the case. I mean, yes, obviously it does happen, but sex work and sex trafficking are completely different things. The show Adult Work I thought was fantastic because it did show that sex workers can be flawed people, we're family people, we go home and we have kids and sometimes those kids use our eyelashes and accidentally get chlamydia and that's not our fault. We can't help that. But unfortunately, that was also a series that had very, very few redeeming characters within sex work and it kind of showed that although we are flawed and nice people, mainly we're baddies and... I thought that's it's great that it showed us to be normal human beings, but it would have been nice to have one or two sex workers that A, wanted to be there and B, weren't out to destroy everybody else's life. I think that um, Secret Diary of Call Girl was probably the best one to do that as it was taken from a sex worker's own account of her time in the industry. But even parts of that were shifted and changed so that we view sex work to be an undesirable career, which... For me personally, I've this job has given me so many opportunities. It's given me freedom, time. It's taken me all over the world. I got to see all the countries on my bucket travel list within a year of being in this industry, and that's been absolutely fantastic. So it's so important to be safe in this industry, but the way that it's portrayed online and in the media isn't often truthful, and that's why it's so important for the decriminalisation of sex work to happen and for sex workers to actually be brought in and speak on issues that we know about. And that's where I want the authenticity to come into my writing because I'm in this industry and I want to write about it truthfully and present it in an authentic and honest manner. And through the process, you've you've also worked with people, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So how have you found that? Brilliant. Oh, my goodness. So my first, like, writing partner, script editor person, Susie, is incredible. It feels like I've walked into this building and everyone that's in here wants to be here. And everyone that is working on... Like, I'll sit down in a little booth and I'll just hear, like, five different conversations happening around me of people planning out camera angles and scenes. And would he say that? Yeah, but I think she'd say something. And just hearing all that around me is incredible. I get so much work done just by being in this building and hearing people around me and having brief breaks where me and somebody across the table will put our laptops down at the same time for a breather and just like what are you getting on with yeah this oh cool that's wicked it's it's brilliant so what did you expect did you feel did you feel like it was going to be that no I okay so okay okay honesty time I thought that I was going to walk in here and I would just be confronted by old white men in suits and they would all be looking at me like she's entered the wrong building she needs to leave. Someone needs to escort her out the premises. And it wasn't that at all. Yeah, I was expecting stuffiness and did not get that at all. What I got was this open, welcoming air. And it's been it's been brilliant. So let's fast forward to the present. 
Okay. So you're going to now tell me about your third moment, which is the project that you're working on at the moment. Yes, I'm very, very excited about this. So me and Susie, who is my script editor and works with Scriptworks, decided that I had enough energy about me to write two scripts. So the first one that I'm working on is actually wholly sex worker related. We enter the script and we're at a sex party. It's brilliant and wonderful. And it's all about this woman who meets somebody unexpectedly and her journey in the sex industry shifts and changes a little bit as well as those around her. And the second is a comedy all about co-parenting, which is drawing from my own life at the moment. So something sex worker related and something not sex worker related, which I didn't expect to be doing. But um, yeah, it turns out I've got a bit of an eye for drama and comedy, which is what both of these are. So let's hear the third clip. This is Susie Cripps from the Scriptworks team in BBC Studios with some feedback on B. Fundamentally, people either have writing talent or they don't. Um, there's a natural instinct for drama that you kind of can't teach, but B has that instinct. Uh, she has that talent. And I've been really impressed this whole residency by her instincts, um, by which I mean she'll instinctively tell a story through what the characters are not saying, um, showing the audience rather than telling them about that conflict that's going on in the characters' internal worlds. And, and that's rare. Another thing I really like about her work is that she brings a lot of warmth to her characters, which makes you want to spend time with them, which is half the battle, to be honest. And yeah, it's true that it can take years to hone your craft as a writer, but with this residency, Bee's made a really promising start. And yeah, I've been really amazed by how far she's come in just a few months. Ah, oh, how does it feel to to hear somebody say this about you? It feels absolutely incredible. I was saying earlier that I've had a look and it's going to cost me about £8,000 or something to have that engraved onto a tombstone. But I think it's worth it. I think it's wholly worth it to have on my gravestone that entire paragraph. I, um, I remember speaking to um, Shukri about some of the earlier meetings that I'd had with Susie and Susie had set me a few different writing tasks like just ideas for scenes and to go away and write the scene and come back and talk about it and um Susie's feedback was so positive that I was sort of like oh I just feel like she's being kind and you know she's just sort of like she's blowing smoke up my bum a little bit and Shukri was just saying Susie's not that person if you weren't good she she would not beat around the bush and I was like oh great so to hear that Susie isn't the sort of person that does that and to be getting such positive feedback from her made it feel even even nicer oh Oh, it just feels so good. So if you had to condense it down to a couple of things that you've learned about script writing that you didn't know six months ago, what sorts of things have you learned? There's so much more that goes into structure and script that I hadn't actually realised before, like a character's wants and needs and how they should fight against each other and a character's flaw that fundamentally just fucks up everything that they really need to get done in the story time. I, I love being able to sit down and create a character and actually being given, there's, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like an A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, Z of characters. And it's things like um, if they were put into a room with no windows and doors and with a bomb, how would they react? And actually taking the time to sit and think about how would this character react and how would they speak? And if I was to take everyone's character names off of one sheet of paper from the script, could I tell who was talking? 
things like that are really good exercises to kind of get into your head who the characters are, which I found just incredible because that's things that I never would have thought to do before. Just brilliant little little tidbits like that. And sometimes like things like scene direction, I'll end up just starting to write a novel and then go, that doesn't need to be in there. Let's cut that down to two sentences. Sometimes you can leave a little bit of a novel in there, just not a lot. I don't need to put in, she took a breath and then he took a breath and they both exit. Like it's, it doesn't need to be as detailed as that. Ultimately, there's a, there's a lot more structure than I realised and being recommended script writing books has been so, so helpful, like Into the Woods and Save the Cat. They are outside right now in my bag with so many little post-it notes on bits that I've written on or highlighted and because I've never highlighted a book that is sacrilege and anyone who dog ears the pages of their books we are I'm afraid we can never be friends it's nothing but you can buy those tiny little post-its that are arrows and they work just 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 fine thank you but yeah I've got those books outside that are just full of extra little post-its so yeah books great and so part of script writing is getting feedback. Yes. So you submitting something and then somebody giving you detailed notes back on what you've written. How did you find that process? I love that. I absolutely love it. The only way that I sort of interpret that is here's how to make this even better. So I'll take the scene notes that I've received and all the feedback and I'll just back and go, oh, she's so right because if I say this instead of this, that's going to make this whole scene pop even more it's going to be even better to do that or one thing that um Susie had said about my writing is that I write really leanly which is brilliant because it means that instead of a 30 page script I'm handed in a 16 page script but then I'm missing the opportunity to go into detail about so many things so a big part of the feedback from Susie has been okay this little paragraph needs to be two pages long I want to see more detail about this and I want to hear this so that's been my main thing is Every bit of feedback that I get, I know is to help my writing and is to help the scene overall. That's been really, really wonderful and very interesting to learn. And how do you feel getting feedback when it's something that is inspired by experiences you've had? That's a really interesting question. I think that when I've been clear about certain conversations that have happened in the script, that are conversations that I have had previously... The context of everything that I'm writing when it's to do with sex work can often be a little bit shocking to the people that haven't experienced that before. Um, There are certain parts in the script I'm writing called She's a Professional where some of the sex workers are speaking to each other in a totally normal and chilled way about content that the average person would find really distressing. And it wasn't until getting feedback about that that I thought, oh, I really need to spell out that this is a regular occurrence for some sex workers and... This is just a conversation we were having, whereas if you're not in the industry, that could be quite a a harrowing scene. So getting feedback about things like that is really positive because it helps me remember that not everyone watching this will have had those experiences and I need to help them understand that although it can be a little bit horrible, some parts of this is just part of the job and that's what makes sex work work. It's not as easy and as simple as some people think it is and a lot of it is... um, not for your average person. So that's been really helpful, kind of being given feedback to learn and understand and be able to explain better some aspects of sex work that I hadn't realised need explaining. And did you feel like that straight away or did you feel like, oh, this is negative feedback on my work or I need to educate somebody here? 
No, not at all. I think that the way that um, the way that the feedback has actually been presented to me has been wonderful. There's been no sort of we need to sit down and talk about this because this is crap. And thankfully, thanks to Susie, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you heard in that bit of feedback. Turns out I'm a natural. So we ask every guest on the podcast to look into the crystal ball of their future. What do you see for B in the future? Oh my God, it's so bright. There are so many awards. This is wonderful. Oh, who knew? And cameos. Oh my God. Oh, what? I'm a TV personality? What did, what did that happen? I've written three books? Yo, the future is so bright, dude. I should have brought sunglasses in here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write so many series... I'm going to win awards for them. I'm going to have written books. It's going to be great. I'm actually going to have acted in some things as well, which I didn't expect to happen. I was just offered the roles off the bat. Who knew? Me and the Crystal Ball did. And now everyone else. Brilliant. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming and chatting about your experience at BBC Studios. We've thank loved you. having you and we're just so excited to see where these scripts go in the future. <gasps> well, I've just said they're award winning. It's going to be so good. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thanks everyone for listening. If you're interested in knowing more about B, you can find her on Instagram at itsbducks. You can also find us at BBC Studios Talentworks. This has been a Curly Media production on behalf of BBC Studios. See you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.